one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hi, folks. How are you all doing? Still August. We're getting plenty of grief off our followers. Great to have you lads out there as well, and a few of the smart lads who suggested that I should have been a teacher in another life and all that. Uh, Derek, you might uh, consider taking me in there for a couple of years now before I retire. But uh, we're back, uh, I suppose. Look, just the weirdness of the season. It's great in loads of ways even to get today's examiner, guys, and to see the sports supplement and it packed with, you know, great coverage of, of GA, especially. I didn't get around too much else, uh, Larry, to tell you the truth. But... Uh, Fantastic, fantastic to, to be back, lads. And we have a fantastic lineup today. Uh, there's monster medals here flowing out of fellas' pockets and, and, and back into them again. And uh, Larry in control as usual, just to keep us in our box. So we've Mr. Mark Landers as I look at my screen. I've, I've Ken Hogan uh, down the bottom of the right, even though he'd normally be man in the goals. TJ is centre back. He's TJ played a bit of everywhere, like, you know, he, he used to come up, he used to come up to me in the early stages of his days there and, and, and Liam Dyle and Michael Holler and a few more. And then he went the way back down, littering full forwards there for a few years successfully. I might add that. And now he's doing it to officials in Galway. <laughs> and we also have, great to have you as well, Derek, with the data center, Derek McGrath, uh, who has gone into the school in De La Salle to make sure the Wi-Fi is just perfect. That's great to be back anyway. And I suppose, look, we're, we're reaching the business end of, of a lot of the counties. Obviously, a couple of counties, especially. Um, three now, I suppose, if you include Carlo. Congrats to Mount Leinster Rangers as well yesterday. Uh, winning that title for them. Obviously, big name. Haven't, haven't reached an Ireland club final, but... I suppose the big two, I suppose, in the, in the Lee McCarthy to be finished would be Wexford and Watford and... Derek, um, we started, I suppose, seven in a row. Incredible, I know. I think in the past, Mount Sion did a nine in a row and someone else did a nine in a row, did they? I think Aaron's own and, and, and Mount Sion have, have their giant record, nine in a row, back to the, I think, 61, Mount Sion finished their nine in a row. But so, um, yeah, look, phenomenal achievement in the modern game to be able to put seven in a row. And to be honest with you, hard to see, you know, how it's going to be stopped or where it's going to be stopped in terms of just the quality that's, coming on stream if you like you know lucky enough in here in school that we're with 14 of the 15 that started for Ballygunner yesterday and there's, there's more of them in here that are obviously going to add to them over the next couple of years You'd be fancy for the Hearty Cup so Derek? But, would you believe they're actually I was talking to I was talking to Dermot in here who will be over the Hearty the, the draw for the Hearty was made at Visor Plain Causeway I think in, in in early December so yeah they're, they're, they're having a look at it I suppose they, no more than any school they, they had a situation where some of the hurlers were given a, a special welcome into transition, or shall we say, two years ago, so that they have the extra year, you know. <laughs> That's the way it seems to under, work, you know, so they have yeah. the under-19, so they have the extra year. So, yeah, look, they have a nice team. What they have is 
and they haven't had in a few years. They'll have fellas that are right up on 19 over minor two years almost. You know, So you might have a situation where fellas have been on the county minor squad and might be only panel members. And we haven't been at that stage since, since Philip Manny's and, and Barry Cochran's year where we had them right up on the age in 07082. And just a quickie on that, I saw the difference that met the Flannans last year with fellas like Dara Healy from my own club who'll be 19 now and, you know, playing against under-18s, even 17-year-olds at times, it makes a huge difference. Are you home or away to Causeway? We're, we're away. We're away to Causeway on the 9th or 10th of December, I think, yeah. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be going out to Valley High, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, would you believe? I happen to be down in Causeway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, Lads, um, Derek, just the match yesterday, you were, you were doing core commentary and we've all done a, a fair bit of that, I suppose, just the rest of us on, on the screen and, and uh, they're the tough ones to commentate on, aren't they, you know, uh, it was kind of a stroll in the park for Belly Gunner really, wasn't it? It was, yeah, and, and <coughs> you kind of knew it even beforehand, the story really was the passage story and that passage had beaten Rome Moore unexpectedly in the quarterfinal, had beaten Mount Sinai unexpectedly and... Then you come into the final and you give all the reasons, I suppose, why their neighbours and rivalry and anything can happen in a county final. But it was really a county final where it wasn't going to happen, to be honest with you. And 2013 was referenced in terms of how they came back, you know, from seven points near the end. But this Ballygunner machine just, you know, it just doesn't do kind of sentiment in terms of local rivalries. They have their own kind of metrics and from start to finish to just dominate the game. Even at 5-0, it was looking really, really ominous. And when Passage needed a goal, if Ballygunner came with a goal and it was just one-way traffic and... You know, a lot of people talk about Ballygunner and cruise control are in, in, you know, third gear, if you like, but just listening to him and being able to listen to him with no crowd there, listen to the subs, listening to the management, watching even their pre-match preparation, they were just really up for it, like in terms of their whole work ethic. Almost reminded me a little bit of, geez, I was in the stand watching John in 08 in the, in the All-Ireland Final and, and Henry Shefflin was arguing with Barry Kelly when Kilkenny were winning by about 23 or 24 points and... Uh, I just saw that evidence in Barry Gunner yesterday, like Philip and Barry and Socken and driving it on, even when they were 12, 13 points up, like really just relentless in their whole approach. And even before the game, an interesting when we were talking the last time we're on about the, the dressing room, lack of a dressing room, Barry Gunner went behind the stand last night or la yesterday before the game and they burst out onto the field almost kind of like as if you came down a tunnel of, of Welsh Park or of Croke Park, you know, kind of, it was the first, I'd seen him doing it in the, in the quarterfinal. First example I've seen of a team entering the pitch as if it's almost psychologically kind of a real big championship game, whereas others seem to be on the field already and they're tapping and they're kind of, you know, that, that lack of a championship atmosphere was there. So I thought it was just interesting to watch the recreation of that. And I'd imagine in most of the villages, well, Passage and Ballygunner that morning, you probably had managements trying to create a kind of scenario where, where they're leaving their village. And I'd love to know what they did in terms of the preparation to kind of, you know, who they're representing and how they're representing them. But it was a, they're just a relentless machine and, and they're only going to get better, Anthony. Yeah, I can see the two managers of uh, St. Thomas's and St. Ryan as they're writing scribbling notes furiously here in the background. Derek, can I just ask you one more thing on that? Sorry, TJ, I'll come to you a sec. Just, did Passage change their style from the Rowan Moore and the Mount Sinai games to yesterday because of the tread of an host? Like, it just seemed to me that poor old Liam Flynn, who I believe is a good up-and-coming prospect, got a couple of goals in the semi-final, like, Jesus, every high ball that went in, he Barry Coughlin and Philip mm -hmm. Mahoney. And Philip Mahoney, the pen, he's facing from clearing ball. Like, it, just, it was impossible yeah. for the young fella. Like. Well, Whereas, to be honest with you, they, they didn't. They actually, would you believe, okay. and I, I watched it when I went home yesterday evening, I watched the, the pre-match interview with Michael Walsh, and he actually spoke about the Kilkenny approach and we don't do tactics, etc. In actual fact, in the quarter-final, they played with, with, with Jason Roach sweeping and they did the exact same thing in the semi-final. 
And, you know, they were kind of, they were, I suppose, talking up its merits then on the back of playing really well when they had Jason Oates. So they went with the exact same approach yesterday. Man-marked, so that, that allowed them to man-mark David Jones without Paul Igmani. And Desi was picked up by Callum O'Neill and Jason Oates sat. But he was what I call a completely inactive sweeper. And, and the, other, the other thing, I suppose, as well, is, is if you're going to play a sweeper, as we all know, and you leave the opposition best player free, you're asking for trouble. So what happened is Philip just freed himself up. And, you know, you might, might have been better in a situation where you had young Ty Foley or Ian Kenny, a cornerback, if you had a fella that was almost like Lar was on Tommy Welch over the years, but he just sits on, the, sits on that Philip Manny all day long if he can, and, and if you're going to go with it. So, and the interesting thing is that they didn't change it at all as the game materialised. You know, did they say to themselves, look, we're 11 points then, we might as well be beaten by 25, 30 points, let's have a go here, have a cut. That's what Mount Sign did in the semi-final against Passage. They actually went seven on seven, they pushed right up on, 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 on passage of sweeper. So I suppose in terms of the management of the game, you'd probably be not critical there, but you'd be kind of wondering as to why things weren't changed. Yeah. Um, I was just... Go on, Teach. Derek, I was going to say two things. I suppose one in Valley Gunners, like, how do you view their progress after winning all these counties, we'll say, in terms of not winning Munster Clubs and not winning All-Ireland, was number one I was going to ask you. And then second thing was Desi Hutchinson, right? Are we looking at a player that could have a big role and a big influence on games for Waterford coming down the track, like in the semi-final and the final, reading about him, looks very influential, serious, inside forward, his movement, his score taken. So looks to me like as if he's going to be a massive addition to inside Waterford forward. Yeah, and, and two things there, I suppose. The first question is that genuinely, I, I feel they've been unlucky in, in terms of the Munster Championship, in terms of the quality of the opposition they've come up against in the Pearsig in their absolute prime I would argue yeah. when they were beaten by a piercing, and you know I've just I'd be good good old mates with Philip Manny. You know he's teaching in here with his Philip, and, and I would have a good connection with Philip over the years. And the year that they won the Munster Club two years ago against a piercing, obviously they had the they drew the short straw like and they had Bally Hale in the semi final. And if you really analyse that semi final, Brian O'Sullivan had a score. It was actually it got stuck in the muck just before yeah. just before Evan or um, Cody went up and stuck a goal at the other end. Brian had a chance and it actually got stuck in the muck. Bally Hale turned that game very, very easily. And Philip would have said to me that they actually played Galway in a challenge match before that, 10 days before that. They were humming. They were always kind of felt they were going too well in the run-up to the Bally Hale game. So uh, I don't think they've underachieved, even though they probably say themselves they've underachieved. I think they've been kind of just met good teams on given days. Even if you go back to the Bally Hale extra time game a couple of years ago, Philip Manny got a great last-minute goal to bring it into extra time. Then, then Bally Gunner win it in extra time. So, But there's no doubt about it, even though they'll tell you it's a game-by-game mantra. Their eyes are on the bigger prize in terms of where they want to go. And as I said, Brian O'Sullivan is back in the country next year and he's travelling, Brian. And Patrick Fitzgerald, who I would view as probably the best hurler we've had in the school since Austin here now, and and he'll be available for them in two years' time. And they'll be very potent then. The second question, I suppose, Desi Desi won a Dean Ryan here with us in school before he decided to to, to try his wares with professional soccer. And he's an extremely focused young man, really, really top top guy in terms of how he approaches and you know he, he's one of those fellas I'm not going to compare him to Galan but he's invariably he's nearly always one against three or one against two and he's able to still find a way of getting out in front you know which is a, a skill in itself you know and the way the way the way um, Ballygunner play has actually a smack of how Limerick play it's, it's no coincidence it's actually Sean O'Donnell is their analyst actually I think he's, he's, yeah. Yeah. He, he's their analyst as regards you know there's a real they basically play with Philip is nearly freed up every game I know he's freed up yesterday because of and Paddy Levy their midfielder might take their 11 and Philip is free and half all in are deep and they only play with two inside and 
Desi has the kind of the cutting edge to make the runs and he's patient. And he struggled in the initial phases for the, in the league for Waterford, but by match three, when we were beaten by Tip in, in, um, in, in, in Turles, just before, the, before COVID, if you like, Desi was starting to hum and he was starting to, starting to absolutely kind of light it up. So the worry for me would be that the ground is at its best for Desi at the moment. And I'm just hoping that we'll have a good autumn in terms of the ground and conditions that he'll still be able to hum come, come Turles on, on Halloween night. I hope Mark, Mark mightn't Mark <laughs> might agree with that. But that's, and that 11 to 4 will be even more of a more favourable. <laughs> <than, than, than. laughs> I think they're not in a bit since. <laughs> the 11 to 4 might be gone after today's podcast. It's a direct. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, oh, by the sounds of that, you may as well have to go over and play him on, on Wembley over there uh, that they have in Parky Keeve at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, to suit Desi down to the ground anyway, the way the ball is flying around there. 100%. Come here, just a quick one. You might not see him on the Thursday. Philip was so good, like, and his interview afterwards, I don't know if you were privy to it now, but on TG Cahar, of course, Michal uh, O'Donnell, said, you know, eventually asked him a couple of questions and said, you wouldn't be tempted with the few months that's in it now, like, you know, county training resumes in two weeks' time. And, ah, no, no, I know, I don't know, I don't know. He didn't say no, no. Like, he changed yeah. it back very quickly to the achievement of the seven in a row. And Jesus, if you were in Cahill, you'd be, you'd be, like, watching him yesterday. I mean, he was, he was just, his yeah. touch and his economy of use of the ball was, was incredible. And, uh, for me, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be at his doorstep. Well, I'd let him have a few beers with his substantial meal today, but I'd be at his, door, <laughs> I'd be at his doorstep tomorrow morning anyway. Yeah, and look, that, the one thing about Philip is he's very independently minded. His decision at the start of the year had absolutely nothing to do with Liam, had nothing to do with anyone. You know, and sometimes people look for a story around, around fellas' decisions, you know, but it was just a completely independently minded fella. Am I, will I miss it? I don't think I'll miss it. And that was his viewpoint, you know, and, and obviously the Ballygunner thing was, was a big for him as well. So that, that'd be interesting. And again, I wouldn't kind of even want to be drawn on it because I, I know him well, but I, I don't, I, I'd even kind of make his own mind up. If I was to kind of guess, I'd be kind of saying that his original independent headstrong decision it would probably be stuck with, you know, but I'd be hopeful, like, you know, like any other Warford person that he'd be available, not to the point where, where it'd force him into something that he doesn't want to do. And, and as I said, Philip is... One thing he is now a very, very independent thinker, you know, and, and um, that's why, why he's so kind of strong in terms of his play and his, his decision-making on the field. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just, I suppose, to, to, to finish up on that, um, they're sorry there isn't a Munster club, not Aaron club, I'd say, this year, <laughs> looking at them for me anyway. But would you say, Derek, going into it straight away, and you were involved in the Wexford Championship, obviously, and you were beaten by the champions, and you gave them a fair rattle. I actually watched that, and... Um, uh, they were good, good champions, Chandeliers. They, they, they were solid and I mean, good in most departments, you know. Yeah. Um, would you think it was a good call to play it? Hurling first, exclusively Hurling, and then on to football? Yeah, I, I, would, I would see it as ultimately as I, I did now, and I would have been kind of signposting that for a long time. I go, even if you take the Waterford scene, Balnacorti and Denier, who are traditionally kind of football, they got to run at the hurling and they got to, there's a no excuses kind of environment. And I know down here already amongst the football fraternity, they're kind of saying, ah, oh, we should flip it next year if we're going. We should give the footballers a run at it first, you know. But, you know, I think overall, in terms of the, you know, the exposure, both through streaming, etc., and it's the players. I suppose sometimes we're not inclined to listen to players. Players are simply very happy with the, not just not the condensed nature of the championship, but just the game by game nature of it. 
you know that they're playing and they know there's certainty. The key word all the time for players is certainty. When can I go on holidays? When can I have a point? When can I play the matches? You know, and when can I live, I suppose? And that seems to be what, what players want, if you like. And, you know, you, a different scenario might be you take rapparees and Wexford were out after seven days. You know, you might say to yourself, geez, we only got seven days. But I think the context of the championship in terms of the pandemic has to be taken into account then. But I'd be, I'd be definitely in favour of it overall, to be honest with you. Yeah, even like that's that's the reality of it that you know the Raps would have had probably seven Division One league games if there's a normal year along with that. Like you know, so mm-hmm. championship is championship. I suppose you know you you get you you get two chances. I suppose you can't really complain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. I suppose it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks. Will there be um, phones with uh, videos on to see is there a bit of training going on in Waterford and Wexford? Uh, over the next fortnight because they're not allowed. Well, Liam, Liam Cal is not trending any club team, Dave. He's busy with Six Mile Bridge at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that will be interesting. Yeah, I bet you'll be a few times. A bit early to hop balls with Mark, but, but you know, it, it's a question they raised at the end of the coverage of the Douglas game the other night that, you know, the advantage are not for Waterford now that they kind of could be not back at it, if you like, but maybe, you know, in terms of and Cork's final not being finished for a couple of weeks, you know, and in terms of is it an advantage, is it not? I suppose Halloween night will, will, will kind of retrospectively be able to give an opinion afterwards, I suppose, but it's an interesting one at least. Well, uh, yeah. look, the other guy, no problem, is, and I've said this in the podcast already this year, like, you know, I mean, Cork are doing absolutely nothing, like, and, um, like, the, the big thing around the, the county is the boost for the club championship. And speaking to all clubs across all grades, just the one thing they're loving is that their main p- people, their main players are back training with the club on a regular basis. And it has given the, the ordinary player, should we say, the club player, a great boost and a great shot in the arm. And um, just, just a huge enthusiasm around. Now, whether that will continue on and feed into the inter-county team, I'd be hoping it would, to be honest with you, because... All the players are going to receive at least three matches, three championship matches. Yes, in a condensed nature, but it is still three matches. And for teams that are going on in the championship and then there's a there's a relegation playoff, 75% of the teams are going to get a minimum of four matches this year. So I think that is massive. But it's actually having your inter-county player available to you is the big thing. And just on a wider scale, there seems to be a view that, I suppose, what the GPA statement came out there a month ago saying that, they were looking for February to July. And I think um, there's a possibility that Crow Park are agreeing with that as well now. So there's, there's probably big decisions to be made, I think, in the next couple of years in terms of are we going to have a split year for club one six months and inter-county the other six months. That's that's the big decision. I think that's, coming, that's, that's going to face us all at the moment, you know? We, we, we'll come back to that because if we start into that now, uh, the five of us, we'll we, we'll be here till half 11. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, well, let's, let's go back to Saturday, right? I was listening to you all day Saturday. First of all, <laughs> I want to congratulate you, not on the quality of your, of your commentary. And that was very good as well, no, in fairness, the analysis was very good as well. We want to congratulate you, especially myself and TJ there, on the success of your little mare, Getaway Queen. Uh, oh, the little daisy. No yeah, little da- yeah, and myself and TJ had her back the previous three days. <laughs> you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you snake. You only told the fella some killer. Yeah. <laughs> 
You, you mean you didn't get the 14 to one, Dela? Oh, oh, I didn't, no, no. No, there was money too, wasn't there, We were watching, huh? We were watching it, we were watching. We saw, the, we saw the trends, but we, you know what I mean? You told us to back her the other days, like. Yeah, and in fairness, down to Tremor, down to Waterford, our local track, and to get up by the, the shortest of short heads and all, isn't that just mighty? Jesus, is that an omen for late October? I wonder, down in Tremor, down and over, turn them down there, like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, this isn't just a hurling show, as we've said. We, we're open to other, and the horse racing certainly be up there with us. Uh, and, 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 and it couldn't, couldn't go there, which was even worse. I know, I know. I'm in lockdown as well. Is she, is she put away now, Mac Fry? Oh, no, Adela, we'll have another. We, we might have another spin out of her in down oh, yeah. in a couple of days' time. You might, <laughs> now that you've collected the, the wad, as they say, you might give all our listeners now some Monday that... <laughs> The Queen is out on Torres the Leds. Have your few pound on. And yeah. let's see her let's see her going off at five to four for once. Oh yeah, we the pressure This is top end stuff we're talking here the whole time, yeah. Just uh, high end like. You like to be favoured and deliver the odd time like. Just once a year would do Dale with us, just to cover the expenses. Well sure you can have your fourteens that you tell Norman about. <laughs> no, you'll have one of those. You'll have one of those every year with her. <laughs> Come here. Right? It's years, years of watching JP McManus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for, for the listeners there, it's Getaway Queen is the name of the horse, right? She could win another race over in the flash, right? But I would also say for the winter, nicely handicapped over hurdles. There's probably a mayor's handicap hurdle there somewhere as well, right? So just keep an eye out over See? the coming weeks and months, right? And... If you, on the day, if you need to know, just give Mark Landers a shout and he'll keep you in the, in the, in the charge. <laughs> or, oh, or you can contact... Just after I'm doing all the good work for the last two years by Ken Boyd, the trainer, who's after handicapping her over hurdles, trying to get her... Yeah, you heard it here first, huh? Yeah, well, we are very lucky that we have a Ted Walsh-type figure on this uh, Zoom <laughs> pod uh, every week in TJ Ryan, uh, mm-hmm. who follows the game intently. Uh, we've done a great interview with uh, Davy Russell, the two of us, early on the year. Uh, so nosy stuff, so there's no bluffing. You can bluff no the three of us, Landers. <laughs> you won't get away with it with TJ. Like, he's <laughs> mapped out for you already. Anyway, yeah. Come here. Yeah, listening to all day Saturday anyway. Uh, Nooch is sound inclined. Nooch is sound more comfortable, really, with the better team. <coughs> yeah, you know... Um, we, we can't talk about every game in Cork now, like you know, but it was, it was, I'll give that one small mention, I suppose, is that at half time, trying led by a point, and um, yeah. you couldn't have seen or forecasted at half time that Nooses to go on and win by maybe a score of men, but I'd say their fitness levels are very, very high, and they're, they're a football club. And actually, 12 of their first 15 are playing football as well, senior football next Sunday, so that's. They're, the, they're a rare club, I would say, um, in terms of being able to have, combine the hurling and the football together. It's, it's massive. For, and, and they're getting success. But you, made a good point. You, made a, you made a good point with Luke Mead going to centre-back. Incredible. I mean, he's, he's a good forward, I would say. But he's a very, very intelligent player. Great stick work and great feet. Um, what Kieran Kingston is going to do with him next year, I don't know. Like, I suppose we, we, we talk about Ryan Turnbull. He had a very good second half. A guy who has a lot of injuries, missed the last round of the championship, but was back on Saturday night, got four points in play in the second half. He warmed to the task as the game went on. But, um, you know, it's no secret that Cocker probably looking for a defender or two, whether we could see Luke Mead popping up in a half-back position or maybe a midfield position. Certainly something food for thought, I would expect. Yeah, stranger things have happened. And 
Yeah, on to Saturday evening. I didn't get off the chair. Uh, it's nearly as bad as the start of lockdown. But uh, yeah, you, great coverage with, with Cullum and then with yourself and uh, Fraggy and Mr. Little All Ireland, Sean McGrath. <laughs> from, from Little All Ireland. Little, little Connor Forward, Little All Ireland. With the wooden spoon. And he hung with a wooden spoon. <laughs> yeah. Try and hook him like, and he using a 28. <laughs> Try to catch him. No, well, you wouldn't catch him anyway. That was out of, that was the equation. But, uh, no, great. I'll tell you a small, a small story. I made my debut in 98 against Limerick down in uh, the Gaelic grounds. And there was a bit of a scuffle brought out at the far side of the field. And Shani McGrath was kind of forward. And while the boys were baiting into each other, Shani went over to the, uh, a young fella outside the wire. He was drinking a bottle of cork. He said, hey, lad, would you give me in the bottle of cork the other in pouch? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you know what? That was, that was the way he was to Mark as well. Like, it was never a dull moment. People used to be saying to me, what are you saying to each other? Do you so often be talking like that? And I said, if you only knew the crack, myself and your man, we, we'd be having a bet on who'd get the next score. And if I got a score, it'd be worth three points. And if he got yeah, one, yeah. Well, it's just that, will you? It's just, Couldn't uh, tell great, great character. But great, great analysis as well. And, and brought brilliant life to the game as well, I would say. That's, that's part and parcel of being on a panel, I think, and, and being on yeah. a... You know, an analysis. And I even actually liked, which might be quite difficult to do at times, that the four of you were on co-commentary as well, or three, and, and, yeah. and Colin were, were on commentary. And, and come here, did, did Douglas, have Douglas, have Douglas stepped out of the, and we mentioned uh, Causeway, comprehensive Shane Brick in charge. Well, no, here, you know, I'm surprised at the five fellas that you want today, you know, on your show, like, okay, that you've not carried for long, like, I'm really disappointed with you. Yeah, I tried Shane Conway last night, but it would have meant leaving you off, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we better keep you on, I said. Um, yeah, it, it worked out well, and I mean, I've. Great credit to the examiner and the county board for coming together to be able to stream the, the matches, to be honest with us. Um, I think the, the viewing ship was massive on Saturday night. And um, the game, I, and the most important thing is that the game itself was an electric game. And you had, I suppose, quality all over the field. And in particular, the Douglas lads, they probably shipped a fair bit of stick down through the years in terms of trying to win tight games. But they certainly stood up to the plate on Saturday night. And no more than, I think the two Cadigans were brilliant on Saturday night, and young Killian Donovan, um, fellas, he's fathered Teddy, played for years and goals for Douglas. He was outstanding wing-back, he got two points on play. Um, and then up front, this was Turnbull, who was the, the minor hurler of the year a number of years back, done his cruciate straight out of it, which is very unlucky for a lad coming out of minor, and um, has been prone to hamstring injuries in the last number of years, but he 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 was outstanding in the second half, got four points on play, and like when you thinking of a tight game of, you know, only win by a point. And, and the other funny thing is that the two games that needed to be won uh, on Saturday night by Aaron Zona, Newtown and uh, Middleton and Douglas. The Middleton Douglas one was a point and the other one was a draw. And like, the, the other game was, 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 was hard to believe it because Newtown were six points up at 58 minutes played and Aaron Zona got a goal for three or four minutes into injury time to draw the game and put them through one scoring difference. So, that's the whole, I suppose, dynamics of six matches being played at the exact same time in the Premier Senior grade. And, and the same thing happened at four o'clock in the Senior A grade as well. And there was, there was dramatic stuff in, in that as well. Like, 
Yeah, it's 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 there's no doubt you could sense it from ye as well, the sense of excitement and the the sense of the enjoyment of the new structure uh, for all the world. And you're you're down to seven, Mark. You mentioned Aaron's own and, and we'll talk about these water breaks and this longer periods of injury time when we, we come to Ken there, but tipping there's no such thing as having a good lead now at sixty minutes or fifty nine minutes, is there? It's just No, <laughs> no. It, it's 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 a, it, like the the last quarter is definitely a 25-minute yeah. quarter, to be honest. Well, it's going that way. Like, there has been six minutes injury time, seven. I've seen eight minutes played in some games as well. Like, you know, now, I would say there's a weakness in this in, at the moment because there is no uh, sideline official. In some games, it's being told to, not just the border, but the media, certainly, that there's two minutes or there's three minutes injury time. But I've seen a lot of games where... The game has gone on. There's no signalling. There's no time. So it, the players and the management don't know what's actually going on. But there has been a huge amount of flip-flop matches this year in Cork. Uh, Bishopstown led by nine points in two games Ooh. earlier on in the championship. And they were reeled in. And they find themselves in the relegation final this year. It's probably rough justice because they have played extremely well. But they find themselves in the relegation final. And the Bears got out of it then, did they? Just out of, out of one good performance. Right. Yes, but there's a, the key difference here is that the Bears removed their management in between the second game and the third game, and I, I'm not going to go into that now, Dale. But like, it it really is. I don't know how the Bears found themselves in that situation. They were in the county semi-final last year. Ron and Corn, who's in charge of them for the last two years, is down in Kentuck, and they're in the quarter-final of the Senior A Championship, and they're hurling very, very well. And you know, there was a change of management, and now. The, the management that was there either resigned or removed or wh- whatever way you want to, to, to play it but the Bears got a reaction from the players and they had an easy win over Carry Tool um, so the relegation final then is, is down to between Ballyhay and Bishopstown which so a lot of people would have expected maybe Ballyhay or Carry Tool but Carry Tool won or drew their first round with Napierschik so that point was vital Same for them but just, just one thing on the senior A um Score the, the top three teams in the groups uh, all won their, their three games, but the scoring differences was 34 points for Father O'Neill's, 31 points for Charleville, and 30 points for Cantork. So that one point for Charleville has put them into a semi final. But the interesting thing is that if Cantork had scored another point, they would have been level on points with Charleville. The next farmer down is scores, scores far. And it was 82, 82 points for Charleville, 81 for Cantork. So if Cantork had one more point, it was level and scoring difference, levels and score fours. And the result, the next step would be a playoff. So thanks for the God, that didn't, so the county board dodged a bullet on that one. Would they, could, would they both have been through that, Mark? See, there was a semi. It was either straight to the semi final or yeah. a quarter final. So would there would be one match. But would they have tossed? Would they have said we're still in it? When, when people, Kentuck, you know the way some people are saying yeah. the Glen, the Glen are at a bit of a disadvantage by being well, straight I, through. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I, well, I, I think it's an advantage to get straight to the semi-final because it avoids the possibility of injury. And if you only have a week between matches, like can talk of a massive problem coming up now. They're playing football next weekend, and it, it looks like they'll qualify for both quarterfinals in hurling and football. And if they go right through to the finals in both of them. The county final is going to be delayed a week. And if the inter-county fellas are back on the 13th of September, the last final is the 18th of October. So now you have Nash, 
you've Aidan Walsh, you've a number of other fellas involved there. So the club versus county issue is going to come in big time on the Kentucky side. But like, look, there's another round next week, and and I suppose what the county board is hoping is that as teams get knocked out with the county players, there's going to be more players available to Kieran Kingston and Ronan McCarthy. You know, it's I suppose when you look at the difference between. Wexford and Waterford, that their hullers are really available now. And the biggest question, and like there was word going out in court now, obviously, that the Waterford players, the hullers, the, the fellas that do play hulling and play football for the club, may not be playing football for the club. So, But that'll, that'll pan itself out now over the next fortnight. And, and he, I'm sure and Michael Dyke will be back on the airwaves fairly soon, Dela. Any speculation down around uh, the day she about that there? I know. I, I'd imagine. I can only think. Connor Prunty is a massive footballer. He'll be playing with Van Lecourty, Jamie, and and Connor Gleeson, both major players for the Nair. So, you know, I, I don't know in terms of clusters or who's getting together. I'd imagine if I was reading between the lines, if I was in charge myself, you'd probably be meeting up with the boys more than anything else. You know, just meeting them and saying this is what we're going to be at in the next few weeks. You know, and, but I don't think there'll be any breaking of the code of, of behaviour when it comes to training or, or otherwise. I don't think they'll be getting together, to be honest with you, and, and, and there seems to be kind of a general rule around that, but you take our own club, like Kevin, Shane McNulty and Jake are all in the panel, and they're they're finished. They don't play the football. You know, we played we played intermediate football Saturday evening here. They don't play the football, so they're they're effectively idle until Waterford go back. So I'd imagine they'd be back into the a kind of individually-based kind of training, if you like, over the next few weeks with, with, with collective training in mind once the football championship kind of um, ends. And if the football championship ends for, I'd still be in favour of bringing forward that 14th of September. And to have a kind of a, a clarity that, that they are training rather than kind of having this kind of omerte kind of, you know, secrecy that, that's, you know, involved in it. At least to be, everyone to be on the, look, a simple rule that if you're out of the championship, you're allowed to go back from, obviously that'll be dependent on, on what, what comes on the 13th of September as well in terms of the, the overall championship. But it's, uh, look, it'll be interesting, I suppose. And Derek, that is the key point. Like for fellas, intercount like Bill Cooper now, his year is over. He was beaten by y'all and he was beaten with him McKilly the, the week previous. He's nothing to do now in, in theory for the next fortnight. And there are probably 10 or 12 other lads that are in the same position. And if they're allowed to play club or divisional championships and train with their clubs, they should be allowed to play intercounty. And, and the intercounty manager could accept, listen, I'm going to have a small crowd training, but they should be allowed to train away. That, that is the key message. Like if you're out of club championship, and, and to be fair, the GA's done the right job, it has protected the club fellas, but now the lads are out of championship, they should be allowed to get together, in my opinion. Yeah, I suppose this up for debate, I suppose Mark wants to put a date on it. I suppose I think you know the way like the two counties involved really, and I suppose Carlo to another another extent in, in, in the a sense um for the John McDonough, but I, I think for the sake of the fortnight, you're not going to be Messing around now, like, geez, we we lost the minor quarterfinal last night, and kind of tragically with a late miss free. With anyone might be saying that with King Galvin, who be our, our probably our best player we've produced, I think underage maybe in in maybe a couple of decades. And Jesus Keane was below on the field in the twilight, uh, hitting freeze afterwards last night, like you know. So there is things fellas can do, isn't there? To, if you if you feel there's a few things wrong, that's dedication, and he'll be playing senior B semi final on on Sunday for the for the senior team. So. There's a guy who, who wants to do stuff. So I think there's stuff fellas can do and, and, and with a bit of advi- uh, advice from the management and, and physical trainers, TJ. Yeah, one quick point there. I saw, I, I, I was on to about um, a car program. I saw one of the clubs there had appearances for their players, how many championship games they played for their club um, to date and some scores beside it. 
as we head into a possible period over the next number of years where a club championship gets more focus, nice to see it, certainly from the outside looking at counties, where you look at a player who has, let's say, 40 or 35 or 50 and even jump out to secretaries and chairmen all over the country here, right? Who has most championship club appearances? What kind of numbers are out there? So it would be good, as I said, whilst the focus is on club action, just to kind of keep up in the ante and keep throwing these stats out. Because I do think, you know, one of the things that has definitely jumped here is the focus on what's happening in other counties has definitely, definitely increased all over the country as to see what's happening in club, in club counties. Brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. And I'd say the Rhine, the Rhines of Gary Spillane between them would have a fair rattle off the family total and made a bit of yourselves in the Finleys, I suppose. Yeah, well I I got out early, but the boys, the boys are still keeping it going. But it would be good to see. Dale, I'm not sure how many championship caps you have for Claire Castle. I missed one year, I was sick, but I came back the following year in 03 and we won it and I was on the point of getting skinned by some good young corner forward. <laughs> but so I decided that was that. I said to the chairman, can I hold on to the jersey there, Martin? <laughs> That's no when to go by. That's the key to it, I think. <laughs> if I was a bit more clever in the management front, I'd, I'd, I'd be better off. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we started, we started with a kind of a gambling team uh, with Mark there. And uh, your, your tip for the, from way back uh, before we took the break, uh, the Rockies are still... Nicely there. Big local derby quarterfinal, Mark, with the Douglas yeah, boys. Um, and, and you know what? He, Fergal Ryan is in charge of him. John Brown is a selector. You know them there, though. Um, they've done it without three of their main players. They're in the quarterfinal now. And um, Niall Cashman made his first start over the weekend um, from back from a cruciate ligament. Michael O'Halloran came on with 10 minutes to go. He had a broken ankle. And... Um, Alan O'Callaghan, I don't think, is going to make it. He's a plate. He was a very, very good uh, underage holder in Cork. Um, Tell you know, um, Fergal Ryan is doing a fantastic job there. Um, the, the key one here is against Douglas. Now, Douglas are on a high, and it looks as though a lot of the Douglas lads that do play football aren't playing football with the club, whereas the Rockies have four starters on, their, on the St. Michael's football team who've been beaten five of the last six county intermediate finals. So they're, they're, they would be fancying themselves get, to get to the final, and they have nine total um, involved with the fo- football. So, yeah, tip the Rockies. I'm trying to keep it low-key, Dale, so if you, if you could, like, you know, just... Yeah, I, yeah, well, I think you're wrong. I think the Glen are going to win it. The Glen are, yeah, the Glen are going to win it handy, I think, to be honest. Yeah, that, well, that, was, that was some win against the Piercing now, in fairness. Yeah, it was, big uh, local derby, and she used to beat him fourteen or fifteen points. Jesus. Yeah, and, and there was a lot of talk that Hoggy had actually got a hamstring injury in the lead up to the game. That was a big talk. <clears> there <throat> was a fifty-fifty decision whether he was going to be playing or not, but he played and he played well. So that that was a massive one. Um, but Napier she was still true entry to the quarterfinal. Yeah. They play UCC. Who could be anything like? Well, it depends who who turns up. Like Paddy O'Loughlin from Limerick the last day, and Montgomery from Abbeyside and Waterford played the last day. Uh, but there's a possibility as teams get knocked out in their own championship, in their own counties, and lads are back to college, that they could be very, very strong, actually, by the time they, they get around to playing it. So, that, so is, that's there, is, is there any law for them as to, like, if you start playing the championship, that you, you know, that new fellows can come in at any stage? This is the big debate in Cork, and the, the clubs tried to remove uh, the divisionals and the colleges uh, last year at um, a convention. And the argument that the clubs were putting up was that UCC 
were allowing senior players who've already played in a senior championship in another county to play in a second championship, a second senior, and that would be an issue. And I, I was delighted because we, we covered the UCC McKilly game and there was 12 Cork-based players, but they were all from intermediate and junior clubs. So that, that was actually... And that was... Yeah. That was always the idea with McKilly and Mustry and Shandoon and all the divisions was to give junior and intermediate players an opportunity to play senior. And that's the issue... I think that's the issue that Cork need to address with UCC is that a player cannot play in the same senior championship in two different counties. And other than that, I would have no problem with UCC playing. So, like, you know, just Paddy O'Loughlin will be playing. It's Kilmanach, I think. Yeah, they won't be going. But they won't be going out too early out of Limerick, I'd say, Tej, Kilmanach. They're straight to the semi anyway, aren't they? Yeah, they play in two weeks' time. The quarterfinals are on Limerick next week, so they play in two weeks' time. Right, okay. The last That's quarter fun. final in Cork, Anthony, is Sars and Ayrn's own, which is another local derby. derby. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, massive. Yeah. Like, Sars are holding out of their skin, and they have been in the They have a new young breed, Jack O'Connor, uh, Liam Healy, you know, a long, a long like Keen Gassi played minor last year. They're a very good hurling team, and Parky Cueve would suit them. But if the conditions start to go against them, it'll probably suit a more physical team in the Glen. Like the, Glen, the Glen are in the semi-final. The winners of Sars and Ayrn's own come through that side. And you have Douglas and the Rockies. And I think whoever will be, win between Douglas and the Rockies, depending on how strong UCC, they'll be expected to go through to the final on that side. Okay, that's enough about the Little All Ireland, so that's grass ground. I love it. Ken Hogan from Lara. Uh, you had a nice little win there in the local uh, north side of the division um, against a man who's on screen here. Big crestfallen there. The Kenyans were knocked out by Laura. Uh, Apologies. I saw- Apologies. Um, we have suffered at Timberary uh, Kenyans' hands for a number of years. And the funny thing about Laura is that we, our true bogey teams, Portrow, uh, without Darren Gleason this year, and uh, Templeary. We, we've got over the line against both, so now we're in the semi-final of the Reading Cup, which is obviously the county county senior B. Which uh, if you get to the final, if you win the final, you get up into A. So huge incentives. John McIntyre working the Oracle there with Laura, uh, fantastic motivator. The lads absolutely love him, Dalo, and yeah. uh, great hype in both championships, you know, and some tremendous matches. And now full uh, exposure to a simple stadium for the four uh, semi-finals. Uh, next weekend, both on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, Larry, to be fair, now to give me his due respect, uh, now WhatsApp page we have there, he put up um, your second goal, I think it was, and he compared it to the Harlem Globe, Globetrotters. I think it was an inter- a block down, and then there was four slick passes and, and finished to the net. The Bonner being involved, uh, I think the Sticky Bonner initially. Was what? It was what? Yeah, yeah. Pep stuff with Barca, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was a classic goal, though. Yeah, well. yeah, it was just brilliant. And Bonner was involved in a lot of scores, as you as you well know. And uh, great to see him back to full fitness as well. And all yeah. the match time he's getting now is, you know, absolutely improving big time. He's only from that clip last night, whatever it was, forty-five seconds or whatever. Jeez, he looks so strong and really back to where he was, which is, is some Liam Sheedy, I'd say, be tipping around the ground saying, yeah, that'll do me. I saw half an hour of him. He's flying, you know. So, come here, you were involved um, up, in, up in Offaly with Rhinos. Yeah, just to touch on that before we hit back to tip, you're, you're yeah. safely into the semi. Yeah, I didn't break any uh, speeding from coming from Clot Jordan after the, we played at 2pm and Laura played at 2pm and obviously uh, 
I stayed for the full duration of the game because it, it went down to the wire and then I headed to Tullamore. So thankfully, uh, we played Vanlamere, Doro, Michael Dignan's young fledglings were down there. Uh, Kevin O'Brien, a very uh, up-and-coming coach, is over over Vanlamere. Doro was with Tom Kill last year, won a few county championships with him. They're very ambitious. They've won the last two county under 20 championships in Offaly. So um, from our point of view, I suppose a bit, bit of experience told on the day. And um, funny enough, uh, I suppose Kilcormack, you know, and Kulderi, the, we call them the big two in Offaly, uh, they clashed on Saturday and Kilcormack uh, Kalahi came out by a pint. So Kalahi effectively have qualified for semi final. We probably have qualified for the semi final on our side, probably topped the group, uh, which would mean that uh, the Kulderi Borough game is a huge game. Whoever wins that will go through and Belmont. And Balnamir, whoever wins that will go through. Balnamir had a big win again, or Balnamount had a big win against um, Shinroan. Shinroan would have been would have a team to hide fancy all the time uh, to do something in Offaly, but it's just not happening for them. So they'll be hoping for draw permutations, hope to be hosting the last round and hope that maybe there'll be a draw in the other round and hope the scoring average might come into it. Yeah, still has to play for there. So, so huge drama in Tipperary, especially yesterday, uh, Ken, and couldn't would love to have streamed um, the Boris Strum game, but I just was caught up with uh, trying to keep up to date with a minor game. Uh, their own club were in, as I said. But uh, uh, you lost your Munster champions and your county champions, but God, you lost them in the most the most dramatic fashion we could have imagined. And with the new rules, I suppose is the only way you'd have lost them, unless it was in a replay next week or something like that. It was, Jesus, I mean. When JD scored the goal to put him five ahead on the 59th minute, we spoke about who earlier on that they, were, they went six ahead. Uh, Newtown. Newtown, Newtown, yeah. And she's uh, the most to thought. And I believe from listening to a bit of Tip FM and trying to come over and back that they celebrated the goal, that we're, we have it now. And they were pegged back in amazing circumstance. And, and Brendan had to come up with a, another pile driver free from distance to get them into extra time. Yeah, absolutely savage stuff. Uh, Dale, I suppose you're well used to the, the rivalries and the lads there in, in your respective counties, but Trump and Bursley, like they're living beside each other, with each other, working with each other, going to school together. And uh, you drive through, obviously, the rag to go to Bursley. So you can imagine <laughs> the horns were blown last year. Uh, the, those horns are probably still ringing in their ears from last year from both. Uh, county finals and Munster club finals. So from that perspective, uh, Woody, James Woodlock, um, he decided to take over as manager this year. He has an ongoing back problem. He could still be playing, as you well know. He's lean and mean, but he's lean and mean on the sideline as well. And he's brought that physicality to the drum team that the, probably was missing last year. He's brought that desire to win and that drive uh, that essentially maybe Drum and Inch have lacked in the last few years. And that bore dividends in the end, you know. Huge, huge win for Drum. Yeah, and, and building momentum because I, I saw them early in the year, um, one of the first games, Ken, and they were lucky enough to beat Ross Gray, who Colin Lynch was in charge of. And I, that's the reason I kind of tuned into it. And I thought this crowd have slipped back. But obviously, as it goes on, and even David Butler coming off the bench yesterday, I think, and coming up with 2 2. The old guard are getting fitter as well. And, and, and uh, you know, that sort of thing is, is working for them. But yeah, Complete, from you know, yeah, from a goalkeeper perspective, I suppose you mentioned goalkeeping. It was amazing. Kildangan played Drum in the last round. Kildangan needs to win. It was a dead rubber for Drum. 
Uh, but funny enough, Owen Collins was in the goals and he wasn't probably, he, he probably wasn't as happy as he might be for a goalkeeper coming off the pitch. And then we had James McCormick yesterday who made the All-Ireland Club Team of the Year, had a tremendous Standing, year, yeah. uh, Dan's brother. And just a moment of madness, you know. Just Boy, got a rush, rush of blood, Ken. Yeah, he collected it brilliantly, got a clip off David Butler and David Butler is far from, uh, you know, a, d- a dirty player. And got the free out at a vital stage, time up. You mentioned that 60, 61st minute and then turned back and hit the ball into the back of the net by Butler's ear. So it was a strange thing for a goalkeeper to slap the ball into the back of his own net anyway. I never, I proud upon that myself to do that anyway, to give any set. But then for the muzzle to develop on the edge of the 14 and the ball to be kicked into the net added insult to injury, you know, for Bursley. Um, and goals, you know, goals keep you in the game. And ultimately, they scored four goals. So, David Butler, you know, every game, he has been an impact sub, you know, for, for Drum. He's been brought in with 15. The only game he started was against Kiladangan, and they took him out straight away again. And James Woodlock has shown that sort of ruthless streak. And Johnny Springer-Ryan, who's a top-class hurler for Drum, he was removed from the fray yesterday, reintroduced in extra time. But, you know, James doesn't suffer fools gladly. He works on the promise that you must be there, uh, giving it absolutely hell. And he has a bench to play from. We mentioned football, like Emmett Maloney, uh, didn't play with Drum for the last couple of years. An inter-county footballer, top-class Fitzgibbon hurler. I had him in Minute uh, with Keane there. And a great man marker. So he's back in the fray as well. So Drum of that cutting edge. And it's, up. it's by no means a give-me for Kiladangan against them in the semi-final. And just on the goals, um, yeah, I, I read all about that one, um, and that was that was a moment of madness from James. Obviously, just the rush of blood, I suppose, and maybe the local rivalry and everything coming into it. Did Shamey start to catch him with the thirty-yard free? Did, did he go for it, or was it a miss hit, or was it a Shamey dipper? Or now you, yeah, you mentioned the Ross Gray game. Uh, he did something similar against Ross yeah. Gray. Uh, at a vital stage when Ross Gray were up, and Colin Lynch will tell you all about that. Now, uh, Brian predicted it straight away. He's going to spin this one. It's going to be a top spin. It's going to be a top spin. The problem is it's not for the keeper. It's the guys that are in front of you. And in fairness to James, just deflected off a hurley in front of him. And when a ball spins and it's hit like that pace, and then it's deflected, there's no hope. And you've got to, on the other hand, say that the man that kept drum in the game, I mentioned earlier, was Owen Collins. Uh, he was absolutely brilliant. The Hearty Cup winner with uh, Temple Moore CBS. But um, he had a fantastic game yesterday. He blocked balls. He was inspirational. He took balls down. But more importantly, from their point of view, he kept drumming the game. Um, you mentioned the 60 minutes, the 62, 63, 64 minutes. Uh, teams earlier on in the championship were maybe rushing to try and get scores. Now they know they're getting that four or five minutes. They're not in any way uh, panicking from that point of view. But Shamey kept drumming the game at the vital stages with the scores but particularly when he steps up to 30 yard free you know that Brendan Maher and the lads they knew Shamey was going to go for a goal you knew your instinct was he was going to go for a goal he wasn't going to be he knew the game was up you know yeah. he had to go for it and he took it and uh, that's what top players do and you know TJ every time he takes a free whether he's 30 yards out 25 yards out he lifts it as if he's going for a goal he might slap it over the bar and that's what the top players do they have that little extra ingredient that puts them above everybody else. Yeah, and Ken, I mean, obviously that's a huge one. I'd say, you know, from knowing Richie really well, obviously, uh, drum, 
I'd say Noel Dwyer was in bed early last night. Uh, uh, <laughs> he would have enjoyed uh, last year very much, what I'd say. Uh, them beating him wouldn't, wouldn't have sat well with them. But you, you, you did say it was early on in the year and it looked, in fairness, as if you were bang on that Turles had moved into their new pitch and everything. But Jesus, that was an eye-opener, 3-7 to a point at halftime with Nina. Uh, obviously, Jake Morris on, on fire there. And, and Nina could be anything, really, couldn't they? As they can be most years, really. Yeah, and you're pretty familiar with this team as well, and TJ as well, from the point of view of the backroom team now with Nina. Uh, I think uh, the big move by Nina was to bring Richie Flannery in as uh, their backroom team. Now, standing coach, uh, highly rated in Limerick, I'd say. And from, from their perspective, um, he's brought a calmness. He's, he's hugely respected. The Flannerys are highly respected in Nina, but Richie will be highly respected because he's one of those guys that's very calm demeanor but a very bright uh, individual as well. Now, when you take uh, the way Nina were written off, and particularly uh, their nightmare game against Lenoti, they had something to prove. I think most people felt there is a game in Nina. Is it going to happen against the Sars, though? But to think that they would blow them away in the first half, and particularly the first 15 minutes, um, nobody foresee that. And from, from everybody's perspective, I think um, there can be no quibbles uh, Turles cannot look back with any regrets because they just did not get breathing space in any department, particularly in a big pitch like Turles. And Ken, they, from, from over the fence, the Tipperary Championship looked very open now with the four teams that are left in it. And I was going to say, if you were to do a, a Mark Landers on it and call it at this stage, as I said, who, who would you be kind of tipping the hat towards? Yeah, I saw, I was doing the Kildangan Toom game, TJ. Um, at Toom, uh, showed some great uh, bursts of flair at times, some great scores from Jack Delaney, Robbie Kirk X in the middle field. Joe Gallagher is the main man in Kildang and TJ. And if, if I was over the team as a conservative coach, I would actually be playing Joe Gallagher centre-back because um, as an underage player, it's now standing centre-back. But they need him at number 11 because his ball winning his ability is second to none. Billy Seymour, who was a county under 20 last year and played very well at full forward, they're playing him at half forward as well because they need ball winners. Now, it was amazing the different approaches. Uh, Toome played a short game. Barry Hogan in the Kildang goals is very direct with his book outs. And they hit uh, Toome with sucker punches every time. Once there was a score given, Barry went direct. 100-yard puck outs, but he was hitting the big hand of Gallagher and Billy Seymour. And that ultimately paid dividends for for Kildangan because their goal-getting ability, unfortunately, one of the goals is very unfortunate with Willie Connors' sideline ball ended up fortuitously in the net. But from, from Kildangan's perspective, they have their eye in the crown, TJ. They were there last year, expected to beat Bursley, but Bursley had nothing to lose and got caught at the date. Championships are hard to win. We all know that, lads. Championships are very hard to win. But I feel that Kildangan will have the fresher approach the hunger, hungrier approach. Drummer after putting in a lot of yards now, and last night would have taken his toll, particularly on the older players. And Shamey cramping at the end, that takes a time, a while to, but to readdress. But from from Kildang's point of view, they've got to watch their backline. They've got to make sure that they hold uh, the jump forward lines, particularly with their goal-getting ability now. Yeah, they they probably were favourites going into last year's final, Ken, and and, and we saw what Barcelona did afterwards, and. Uh, I was actually covering that for RTE and they just never seemed to quite 
once JD I think got a goal just for half time that day and that kind of seemed to knock the stuff on out of them and yeah they would be probably most people's favourites but I think hard to call like you have to give massive credit to Lockmore again haven't you oh, so football semi-final or in semi-final they're, they're unreal Derek has mentioned about football and splicing football but uh, Lockmore are actually playing every weekend every weekend they're out same bunch of players same management uh, they play hurling for an hour and then the hurries are left down and the football uh, is, is brought out and they take their football very seriously. You wouldn't be competing with the Mile Rovers or the Clamell commercials at that stage unless you were doing a, a bit of football and a bit of tactical work and a bit of smart. So they're a fantastic club, particularly when uh, the odds are against them. Now, Clonoti beat them controversially last year, you know, in extra time as well. And that was in the back of Lockmore's heads and they came out all guns blazing, but from everybody's perspective, their defensive performance, you know, um, was outstanding. And John Maher, who plays inter-county football, obviously, um, Aidan McGrath of this world, they are absolutely outstanding. But Lockmore, a team you can't write off, and Nina will have huge respect for Lockmore Castellani because Lockmore Castellani have a situation where they know how to defeat teams, they know how to hang in there and then hit you with a killer burst from John McGrath, Riven Sweeney, or Noel, or any of the lads up front. Releasing Brian McGrath from the full backline position has been a huge fillip for, uh, for Lockmore because Lockmore had Brian at full back, but they were missing uh, the missing link between midfield and that middle turtle pitch. Brian McGrath is an excellent athlete, but also an outstanding hurler with, with the same vision as his brother Noel. And that has helped. And, you know, they were comprehensive winners, let's face it, against, and they're now getting the chance to play hurling next weekend again they don't have to kick football that's a yeah. bit of a boost to them because yeah. they can't, they can't so all, all, all yeah. the semi-finals and tip are next weekend Ken yeah all the hurling semi-finals hurling, are next yeah. weekend and yeah, Mark I, I was smiling about Mark saying about the two weeks that Bill Cooper needs now I see Bill Cooper as a workaholic uh, type of player and a you know a pivotal player for Cork I'm just delighted from a county perspective that Paddy and Ronan and Dan and Brendan Maher I, the two weeks I'd be giving them, obviously they can't go to Lanzarote or somewhere like that, but I'd be telling them to put their feet up and chill out, lads, for a couple of weeks and take the break and come back hungry and, you know, mad for action again. If they can come to Kiki, Ken, there's no problem or Lahinch or something like that. <coughs> I do my bit, do my bit for the Clare uh, uh, holiday industry here. And, uh, no hair nicer. No hair nicer. Yeah, yeah up, up around Doolan there. And they might get maybe an extra half an hour with the substantial meal if they want to and relax. Owen Kelly still doing his business with Mullinahone and yeah. Paul Kern. Um, they were beaten heavily by Newport early on in the year when Paul Kern was on the half-back line, but now they've reverted to Paul at the edge of the square. And you know what that's like, trying to earn a score off him. So um, they have a very good inkling of younger players, you know, Owen Finley and, of course, Sean Kern is back playing well at centre-forward. So they're playing Newport in one or one Cup. Or Newport have been the form team. 129 to 9 points against Silvermine. So, Newport and Monahon play on Saturday, and Laura play Killinall, of course. Killinall, a uh, team with all the talent, you know, bubbles back, flying it again, and Declan Fanning still to the fore, would you believe it? So, Kieran Bergen uh, to call upon as well. Joe, Joe Dwyer, Mouse of Dwyer at centre back. So, Killinall will be fancying their chance as well. So, it's, it's, you know, it's paying dividends into Bray the way the championship has worked out. Hats off to everybody. Uh, tremendous games, brilliant games, and the streaming has been a huge boost to everybody, particularly the people that can at least now sit at home and watch from the comfort of their homes. 
very top quality, you know, analysis. And of course, the matches are absolutely top notch. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. And okay. we've spent it with Guan. Yeah, you obviously don't have Dalo doing the analysis down in Tipperary. Is that right? <laughs> you, when you said just top quality, like. <laughs> <laughs> I waited yeah. a long time to get that one in Dalo. I know you are. Slow blow. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, you know, and one of the things about the streaming legend, you know, I know RTE, some people in RTE might be a tiny bit underwhelmed. I think the Kilmele Ballier game where you had Tony Kelly playing, you know, and he'd be a draw, obviously. I think it kind of peaked at around 60,000 people. And, you know, so, but some people are kind of, they look at that and they, then they compare that to the inter-county game, which, of course, there's no comparison. Like 60,000 people doesn't, Turles doesn't hold it. Like, it's, it's a massive crowd. Like, really, you know, for, for a, an inter, you know, it was, it was a quarter-final match, like, as such. And, you know, it's, I, I thought it's a great figure I heard about. But some of the people who'll be looking at the figures maybe for... June, July, and August in previous years for county matches, you know, peak death. Be interested for county semi-finals and finals, watch and get. Oh, yeah. No, but isn't it fantastic to see everybody in the limelight and the lads getting that opportunity to go out there, you know, and, and play the game, you know, and thankfully the weather came good Friday, Saturday, so the pitches were, were back in pristine condition because, as we mentioned already, we're hoping that we get a good run in September that with the lockdown, please God, it won't occur that, that we'll be able to manage it. But more importantly, that at least we'll have a nice autumn and uh, to enjoy the games. As we all know, as club players, uh, we love to be playing in August and September. That's the real time to be playing. Yeah, you're, no, you're dead right, Ken. And I think, look, I think with, if Torless is good and can, can be maintained as well as possible, there's no doubt Parky Heave and Crow Park are going to be perfect. They're going to be every bit as good as the summer. Like, you know, so I think we have a great just, advantage. Just, we have a huge yeah. advantage that way, haven't we? Just, just to say, one, I, I walked across uh, Parky Cueve on Saturday night and I couldn't get over how firm the field was. After, and we had a lot of rain kind of the previous, on, on the Monday and Tuesday, it was ferocious, the rain that we got. Like, I just, it was, and they were cutting the field in actual fact, give you the trim before the match started. So it was... I that's, not, get over. that's not going to go back, Mark. That's going to be the same as Croker from now on. Like, they spent Absolutely. enough on it and yeah. they got it right. And, and now Thankfully. it's... Yeah. yeah. As we said, you know, we'd, I did a league game down there, the Tip and Cork League game, and Jesus, like, to walk. And that was in February. And, uh, you know, it was bone dried. Ball was hopping over fellas' heads. They couldn't, around, yeah. Yeah, they, couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't believe it. TJ, the big one, the big one in Galway went to the death with, with Mellows and Gart. Uh... I did my old accumulator there yesterday and I, I stuck in Mellows. Uh, you know, your old tenor pick seven teams, seven counties, and that kind of thing. And I stuck in Mellows. And, and, and uh, when young Dunno, who got the goal for Garth, I said, I'm gone anyway. Uh, but to some, they got, they got two frees to win it. Two frees to win it from Ty Karen, yeah. And late goals seem to be kind of uh, the, the way to go in Galway at the moment. We got one in the first round of the championship to see Polly Mannion for um, a Hasker. I got a late goal again last night to put him into the quarterfinal. They've been one of the stories of the year. Uh, Sars have got a late goal to get qualified against uh, Castle Gare. So, yeah, we're heading for quarterfinals proper um, this weekend. So, four quarterfinals on this weekend. Thomas's play, uh, Kilimer Daly. Um, Lock Ray Mellows could be, could be a tasty one now um, there in, in, in that quarterfinal. Uh, Turlock Moore and Sars probably will be top of the bill. And then the Hasker, if you want to play Capitagal, they're four quarterfinals down, all down for this weekend in Galway. 
Right, so that and everything is kind of really reaching with small delay in Clare with the uh, Quatload, a small bit of COVID issues, but they're gone out of the hurling now, but they had a massive win in the football yesterday. Even they're tough, by I'll tell you that much. They knocked out uh, Midtown going for three in a row. So with all the hurlers, all the hurlers playing Podge and Sean Collins and Conor McGrath, are, they're amazing lads. Uh, they just they just never get enough of it, a bit like the Lockmore lads. But um, yeah, Tej, you'd be half favourites against Kilimer Daly and I suppose, no, I'm not, look at it, I don't want to be, my, I'm not acting to make it now. It's <laughs> you there. That. But, but come here, what I did want to ask you was, you had an unbelievable scoreline with Port Humna, like, and the demise of Port Humna. So I know it can happen to all clubs. Like, we haven't won a championship now in 15 years and we won't be winning this year's one because we're out of it. Um, like, but that was just an odd, was it, what was it, 438? Um, I think it was a set of circumstances that presented itself in that, was first of all, we were qualified, there was no pressure on, right? And the second thing was that Thomas, the second team, the junior team, was still involved in the championship. So that didn't allow a club team to kind of use, let's say, players that mightn't normally play because you would have ruined their status. And the second thing was that Port Umna were already in Senior B. They were fully relegated. So it was a two-week break. They had absolutely nothing to train for. So let's be fair to them. It was a game that just it just presented itself, and then it went away for them. And we've absolutely nothing to play for. It just it just tacked on. We probably have a couple of guys. We didn't start one or two guys. Then those guys trying to make a name for themselves, trying to get a starting position, and it just kind of it snowballed from there. You don't like doing it to teams, but from like from my knowledge of Galway, I said look, Portumna have dished it out plenty of times when they were in when they're pumped. You know what I mean? So it's unfortunate for them. They're under a seat. Joe still played quite well. You know, tongue in cheek, PJ. Tongue in cheek. I have a feeling that might have been mentioned uh, in the huddle at halftime. <laughs> uh, not quite, not quite me. I, I wasn't there. But it, it just presented a set of circumstances that wasn't ideal for Dublin to be fair. Yeah, yeah. And come here. Where do they? Is there a relegation semi-final there in Nottingham, or is the relegation no. in Galway? No, they, they, they were in senior A, so they're just relegated really to senior B hurling. That's all they, they, they'll play okay. senior B next year. So, look, they, 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 they need a rebuild. They need a couple of maybe young fellas in there. They still have a couple of nice players. Like, obviously, Jack was in the middle of the field. Joe's still playing. You know, and Ron Amaro's in the forward. So, they, 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 they still have a nice team to build on going forward. But, you know, I mean, they, they just need something kind of fresh and just maybe, like most rural or country areas, you know, it comes in cycles and they just have to bide their time and come again. Yeah. And the other one, the other thing lads of interest as I suppose it would be you always keeping an eye on your neighbours there Derek and your neighbours Ken uh, over the border there and uh, the Shamrocks racked up a total yes I didn't seem to be too bothered about the league section in Kenny but uh, now I know the rower were down I think Richie Lai and uh, Kieran Joyce and that they would have been severely weakened but they still they, I see the draw they drew Cara who went fairly well in the league section so um It'll be fairly, you know, Lachlan's are going well. Um, Dixborough are going well. Do you know, so it's interesting one to call o- over there as well, isn't it? And it's only a few weeks ago that we were watching Tullerone play Ballyhale. Tullerone, I think Ballyhale got a last-minute goal to get, a, to get an equaliser and Tullerone find themselves in a relegation playoff now, I think, you know. So it's, it's, it's the typical kind of, you know, Ballyhale refocused on, on the actual knockout championship, having the confidence to kind of say it doesn't really start. I think I was I was telling you before I was talking to Mick Finley's father when my dad was actually talking to Mick Finley's father I said look it, being in the league final is the same as winning the first round of the championship you know and they've won the first round of the championship now they're 
they're up and at it in a quarter final. So um, they're the most dangerous team, if you like. I saw Clara playing her own lads um, a few weeks ago up, up in her own field, and, and Clara looked a good team. So that's that's that looks like a good match on on paper anyway. But Ballyhale looking fairly ominous in terms of their the timing of their run, if you like, you know. And it's a uh, and Tullerone, as I said, the other extreme whereby coming up from intermediate all Ireland last year. And the first round then, as I said, nearly getting over the line against Ballyhale, getting the draw, and now they find themselves in, in relegation playoff. Mm. Yeah, they're the, they're the intriguing bits. And I'd say the way they were going, they look to me, I, I suppose, if the relegation playoffs think like any be as competitive as the county semi-finals, like, they'd be that good. They keep the, the numbers tidy, so you couldn't see anyone that survived. But I liked what I saw of them, and I know they were unlucky <laughs> in a couple of other games, but... Um, yeah, I suppose we're we're all reaching reaching that that stage of the various championships. As it looks, I suppose all of us, you know, just to, to, uh, county players, like uh, I saying it there to a few people, the Corkfellas are on fire. Like they look, they look, <laughs> their county players are really just just peaking at the right time. Lads coming back, like Brian Turnbull and the Cadigans flying, and you know, it's just it does at the moment look like Cork would be. Short favourites really from us, so I have to say. Is, is there a few county fellas showing up, showing up well in, in Galway, TJ? <laughs> no, not nowhere near as good as Cork. It's all, it's all, it's all those boys playing very well. I see Richie Hogan actually getting speaking about those. But uh, to be fair, all round, um, a lot of the county players they are putting up good scores. Which had T3 one sixteen. Conor Cooney there against Port Dublin was savage as well. Richie Hogan, I think, scored fifteen or sixteen points. Um, so an awful lot of the county players and even watching the Waterford boys yesterday you could see you can see the difference quite quick um, with those guys who are just a little bit out of the yard and a little bit above average so county players playing, playing really really well so in, in Limerickdale we didn't touch on it there so we're, we have just come out of you spoke a bit about football there three weekends of football so we're heading for quarterfinals next weekend look we all know that the football is for the fellas not skillful enough to play the hurling so we're back into the real stuff next week so we have two, two quarterfinals and then the following week, we're heading into the semi-finals. So, uh, that's the situation here in Limerick. So next weekend, Dune will play South Liberties. The players you can play at Valley Brown with Paris Well and Kamala waiting for them in the semi-finals. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your weekly Gary Spillane. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, just, just as well you got the Bamal listing on a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I think I just see him deleting your number from his phone. If you're all right, if you're all right on Zoom, I would like to be sitting across the table from him. <laughs> But geez, even Ken, uh, the county boys go on great and tip as well. Like, aren't they? It's bubbling up. And even the Limerick, I know there has been a break in Limerick, TJ. That's why I didn't refer to it. I know it's back now next weekend. But geez, the Limerick games that I've seen and covered one or two, geez, the county boys really standing up. Like, even the only one I'd say that I wasn't overly impressed with by my opinion of him is possibly one of the best in the country is Keane Lynch. So I'd say that's ominous for the other clubs in Limerick that Keane hasn't really struck form yet. He'll be on the way. He'll be on the way, right. But Ken, like the tip lads, she's really, really fine. You see Jack Morris, like, oh, right. you know, yeah. coming Jake off Morris. the bench, you know, rattling in 3-1, I think, uh, on Saturday. The McGraths we spoke about, you know. Yeah, the McGraths now, of course, have the football as well. They have double jeopardy. Like, they will be the yeah. three McGraths are the main men in the football. Um, no better footballer would you see in the country than John McGrath. Um, plays a totally different role than he's hurling. He's out in the middle of the field in the football. So, uh, from that perspective, um, Lockmore Castellani, they love their football. You know, if, 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 if they, uh, we mentioned football there, but by God, they love their football and they are going hammer and tongs ahead and they will be just as uh, enthusiastic about trying to win that football as the hurling, which is a, a, 
year uh, tribute to them as a club Derek a lot of talk about the split season and, and the GPA proposal and all that and a great article by John Fogarty in today's edition of the Examiner about <laughs> 10 options now he's including football hurling end of provincials changing the league format you know Every possible and the pros and cons as well. He's not saying, "Look, this is the way I think it should be done." He's he's given ten possible ways we can look at it. But we possibly are with this this whole enjoyment of the club scene that was thrown at us out of a, a virus that we're all sick of at this stage. But um, it looks like that we will be heading in that direction. If maybe next year, if not next year, the year after. Yeah, and look, something. I uh, look. I've been. I've been in favour for even when I was involved with Waterford. You know that the whole, maybe unselfishly, the, the, the first two years I was involved in Waterford, we had up to twenty students involved, nearly twenty guys involved at Fitzgibbon level or whatever level of, of hurling, and just certainty. You know, I go back. I said this before. I go back to my own club situation. They started last year in January, and um, this is 20, 2019, Trained in early January to play in April. Only played one game in, in April, and then didn't play again till August, if you like. And I think. The certainty will be there for the club player if he knows he's playing in, in August, if he knows his championship is starting in August. And, and the certainty is also there for, the, for the, the county player in that if he's going from March, we say, to, to July, there's a kind of a, you know, and even have a two-week kind of lead into the club championship where they can, you can say to the county player, which often happens, like John would have come back to us over the years in, in De La Salle, and we wouldn't see him for two weeks after the county scene because rightly so, he's entitled to, as per Paul Igmar's or, or Ken's point about Paul Igmar and the lads, he's entitled to get his break or head away, if you like. So I think, and the other, the other key point I think that's not been kind of mentioned is the, the nature of the COVID, the appeal now for a, for a sponsor in terms of the club, club championship is very, very appealing. Because the, not that we didn't know it in terms of the roots of the community, the GA, etc., but the appeal now for a sponsor to come on board for the marketability of the club championship is huge. You know, you saw it with your own streaming with the examiner and the co-op, etc. what you're doing. There's an appeal now that you're, you're, you're in touch with the community, which is the truth. But there's also an appeal from a financial kind of model, a business model of the support services that could go with the promotion of the club championship. I think that's probably not been, you know, if, if you were a fellow with, with money or a fellow with, not with money, but a key sponsor in an area, you'd say, God, I'll get on board with the club championship because the promotional element of it is, is kind of huge at the moment and there's gains for everybody, I'd say. So I think it would give certainty to the boys and, and, and that's where I'd be kind of in favour of it over the years, the split season. Albeit there's, there's going to be kind of, you know, there's going to be kind of issues with it in terms of the overall package, you know. There's always going to be questions, etc. Like, And look, I played in a number of Fitzgibbons over the years. You can restore the Fitzgibbon weekend. You can restore the Sigerson weekend and leave the boys have the crack, if you like, in college without having to be up and down the road to Waterford training or Cork training or Limerick training. You know, leave them kind of live a bit, I suppose. And I think that's evident over the last couple of years, even though people have presented managers as being draconian, kind of all-conquering. I, I think the managers have actually been... I know Kylie well. I went to, to college with, with, with John, and, and I know he'd be very, very compassionate when it comes to the boys in terms of how they deal with their college life and all that kind of stuff. So, but I think the, the word certainty is the huge thing for me, and, and the boys would know when they're playing and how they can play. And the last point I'll make, I know I'm hogging it there now, is I don't see also why you can't have a, a kind of interlinking between county and club in terms of the organisation and the structure. So in other words... I know it's been tried before, Munster leagues that have a Limerick team, a Cork team, a, a, you know, a, a Waterford team in it. And you could link in on the weekends of those round-robin games. Like, for instance, Killer are coming down to play De La Salle on the morning of Waterford, play Cork. I think there could be a, an, a better organisational structure with a bit of creativity done 
that, that there's good no idea. talk then of club and county. It's just all one, you know. That's a great okay. idea, Derek. And, and as well as that, like what you'll find is that most of us, if we were going to play a Munster League match against the LSL, that ninety percent of the players will probably go to the match themselves. Yeah, and look, look, we, maybe we live in the past here in the LSL, but we, we, we live on our kind of fail of success of '99, and every year we talk about the fail and and the memories that are made at fail level and juvenile level and the weekend away, and you got to stay with etc. And if you had those matches on Saturday evening, you had an appearance coming down to play our own club or the Piercy coming out to play Ballygunner on a Saturday evening with the club players only, I guarantee you everything would be boosted, tourism, everything. The boys would probably stay at a Saturday night, have a few points, head into Welsh Park on the Sunday. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's a huge amount in terms of organising that. And we wouldn't be talking then about GPA, CPA, GEA. We'd be just talking about the one umbrella, if you like. And I think that'd be, that'd be huge. Yeah, I think we, and we've had it on this forum with TJ saying there's enough clever fellas around the place with their pockets fully stitched um, with enough clever lads around the place that we put them in the one room surely we can get this thing sorted you know, surely we, we've seen this year with, with, when, when it was forced upon us how we can get it sorted I suppose we are looking lads realistically at, at, at Munster Championship and All-Ireland behind closed doors effectively yeah, I, I think you're right, Anthony. That that's what now the 13th of September is the is the D Day, I suppose. Really, the next the next announcement, I suppose, from the government as to what they're going to do. There'll be a lot of county boards looking out to see, you know, is there going to be, or you know, will they take the restriction away from the supporters and stuff like that? And we were given out a couple of months ago. There was only 200, and then it was taken away from us. So, yeah. are we going to be happy if we got back 200, or would they actually go an extra step and say, like, like the North, there's 400 people allowed in the matches? So, I thought it was very disappointing to see the two county finals, particularly the, the Wexford one and the Waterford one, that no supporters there whatsoever. Yeah. I, I do think, you know, 200 or 400 people isn't going to create any major issue from, from the COVID scenario. So, and like, there are good people in every club, you know, people that are putting in massive, massive work. They surely deserve to be allowed to go to the match to the county finals. And that's what I'd be calling and hoping that, that there will be some bit of a lightning and um, easy in the restriction. Yeah, they'll I be stronger on this. I, I don't think it's good enough. Um, like, like Going back to our reference to the racing a while ago, I just read, I think Don Kester for the St. Andrew meeting are um, rolling out a crowd of 5,000 people in a proper format. Like There has to be has to be something done in the short term here. Like I'm not going to take away from Belly Gunner, but look, at least they're used to county final day. We could be heading into a team here where, let's say, a club hasn't been in a county semi-final or a county final in a long time. You could have club stalwarts and club people who've done oodles of work to get them there, not being low to match. For me, it's not good enough. I think the GA has to be stronger. With the size of pitches, the size of grounds, let, put, put a road map there, even if supporters have to go to separate sides of the fields, right? If they have to come in separate entrances, right? There are shopping centres, there's streets, there's different things going on. GA has to be stronger here. They have to get crowds back to matches this month, I would say this week if possible, right? whether that's 500 or 1,000, and let all panels, let all mentors, let all club say, members get to their county semi-final, county final. They need to be strong this week, Delo. And you yeah. could drive them out, Delo, as well, because you're well in with these GA boys. <laughs> we saw that. We saw that with Kilty Clower and Trilly in Tyrone. It was on Friday night. Great so, game. Friday. Great extra time. And was the 400 people or whoever was there, including, including. And it made for the game. It made for the game because the couple of hundred people on each side were absolutely passionate and really involved in the game. And it, the difference a few hundred people made, you know. And even if 
Mark, if we have the worst case scenario behind closed doors, surely um, each player and official, like you take 40 or 50 officials, surely they should be given five tickets each. So at least your nearest and dearest are at the match, your parents and your siblings are at the match and they can be there beside you to support you, be passionate about it and give some sort of uh, belonging to the family that the GA is. That, that, that's that's the minimum. Yeah. That should be a minimum. Like it, For me, that absolutely has to happen. Right? It's great to have matches. It'd be great to be looking forward to seeing them on TV for most of us for county games. But there has to be, has to be people there. Has to be. Yeah, well, I suppose the big thing is they've shown us no evidence how, how, how it's not safe. And I suppose there is that element that we did see in a few of the games streamed that maybe people were clustering a bit together. I think if they were advised told to wear their mask, they would have no problem. And let that come from your own club, lads. We won't be allowed our 100 tickets or 200 tickets or whatever if we don't space out, families stay together. But I was in a shopping centre Friday, a fairly major one in the country, and, and I just, you know, it's supposed to be a one-way system. I'm sure people are coming wrong ways and going across and into this shop and hopping off each other. And There's no way you could compare an indoor setting like it to, to an open J stadium. And, and then the other anomaly, look, I've been at games uh, in, in, in club pitches, you know, that, that would host neutral county championship games. You say your own match, a second, was in Clock Jordan, was it? Yeah. Uh, with, with Larry's boys. And, you know, it's just like I was at that minor match last week and I just heard rumbling behind me and the wall. And our back wall, our main pitch, must be six foot, six, seven foot high. Like, and next you could hear rumbling and a bit of talking. And the next thing, there was, there was, there was young lads appearing above my head. A ladder was produced, sir, and one by one they came up and they were sitting on the wall watching the match. And it's just impossible to police as well. And, you know, the situation where we had a steward, a, a, you know, a female secretary who was reduced to tears, really, because she was at the gate doing things properly. And really the only places we can enforce these are in the stadiums, you know, where it's a fortress really to get into and you, you can't really get into. So, um, there you know, was some, some shame, Dale, of your club hasn't been in the county final in the, like, let's say a massive should be just like very difficult to keep some of those younger supporters out of it and then I think Ken mentioned in the earlier podcast which you're finding then is that groups of lads are getting together and watching it on the stream like and that's not ideal either yeah no it's look I just think it's the one thing in the whole thing I, I as a pub owner I would also argue <laughs> but like we'd be here all day but it's the one thing that is an anomaly you know an outdoor setting she said, you know, just that minor game the other night, then the, the field was almost full afterwards with young lads pucking ball who weren't playing at all, like, you know, and uh, it's just uh, a weird one for me. But that's great stuff. Great to get a bit of insight from, from everybody. Great to be back. Um, we're a bit like the teachers here on this show, Derek, as well. Like, you know, we, we're back. We're back. We, we, we enjoyed August, but we still got back before the end of August, which is the main thing, you know, the last day, the last day. Uh, just before I go, um, course, uh, people, uh, great, great comrades, the viewers, and uh, of course, uh, the lads played against them in the county field. Mrs. Errity died. He all came down in mass to that Tommy Errity's funeral at that time after the Clare Castle game. But Sella, uh, as we call her affectionately, uh, unfortunately passed away at the weekend. So sympathies to Joe and Martin there. And also the Connors and Tri family, John and Jim, uh, unfortunately lost their sister prematurely at the weekend as well, uh, through illness. And uh, I think I'd have to send my sympathies. Great Hurland families, the Connors and the Tries and the Errities. So on a sad note, I'd like to just extend our sympathies to them. Oh, uh, yeah. And the same same for all of us here, Ken. Um, 
uh, sympathies to the bereaved. Yeah, I remember Tommy's Tommy's funeral. Uh, yeah, very very sad occasion. But uh, also a great, a great, a great, yeah, a great bonding of two clubs then as well out of tragic situations. Uh, and we we extend our, our sympathies here on, on the Irish Examiner hurling show, and we bid you adieu for this week, lads. And we'll talk to you uh, next week. Um, we'll see what kind of a lineup we have. Whether TJ is able to come to the phone Monday morning, we'll see the Kilimer Daily boys maybe. Listen to this song and they say, I can give away anything either. And Daly didn't push him either. So they'll ring each other that morning to organize that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, let's hope that Killer can stay up as well there. We just give him a little mention there. And, uh, hopefully, Kirkcastle can beat our old rivals, Newmarket and Fergus, on Sunday evening to get into the Senior B final. Leds, in my day, the Senior B, you wouldn't, oh, we'd be nearly ashamed to play on it. No, this is huge. <laughs> It's great. It's great. Like, you know, yeah, I'll stop. But uh, great stuff, boys. And uh, look, at, uh, if she's popping the hurdles well, Mark, you might let the people know. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you now, okay, officially, right, she'll be going to Downrange on the week now. And if you can read the paper, keep your eyes open. Okay, folks. <laughs> To everyone that's listening out there, all our thousands of listeners, you've got that bit of information. She'd be trying it, I Mark. That's the one. I hope she won't be stopped. Well, look, it's like yourself when you were hurling, you were always trying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, always win now, but you were always trying. Uh, but I responded to the whip fairly often now. Oh, you, did, you. you did, you did, you did. You might have come off the bridle a good bit from home, but by God, you stayed. You, you stayed, stayed on. I like it there. Very nice. Thanks as always to Larry there for putting up with us, Larry. Thanks a million. Great stuff, boys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.